Marvellous. How are you? You good? Do you know, we had an amazing day on our Holy Spirit Day for our Alpha courses yesterday. We're running Alpha over at Bolton and at Horwich, and uh, we joined together yesterday, and what a powerful day that was. So thank you so much to the team. Can we just give them a round of applause? Everyone that worked so hard, put those hours in. was very good. So we are carrying on today looking at our... Sevens to nines, you're going out. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Love that. Um, do you know, we are just continuing with our theme today of discipline to delight. So hopefully you have kind of got the gist over the last few weeks that we have been looking at the whole theme of prayer. So how do we get for our prayer life so that we can speak the name of Jesus, so that we don't get distracted and we can build our life upon him. Like, how do we do that? And there is no easy way other than to say prayer. We need to make time to pray. Do you know, in our busyness of life, we can rush into things, we can end up all over the place, and we are very good at being busy and filling our time with stuff, even when you kind of think like, oh, I've just spent a lot of time on my phone there. Mm, Won't quite add up how many hours that was. But when it comes to praying, it seems really hard, doesn't it? Sometimes just to get that discipline to actually set aside time to pray. So we're really looking at the whole concept of how do we move from just being disciplined to the delight of what prayer is, that communion with our incredible God. And we're actually going to be challenging you today to sign up to our prayer timetable, which is literally to own half an hour slot in the week, the whole of summer, to be really praying over things that are going on, whether it's our Bridge Kids Camp, whether it's our youth camp, whether it's the Bolton lunches that we'll be doing over at Horwich, whether it's all the different feeding programs that are going on and all the different things, whether it's for churches across our nation, across our town, or whether it is literally just to sit in the presence of God and maybe you have got out of the habit of the discipline of saying, I have got a set time to pray and just be with God. Put my phone away. Bible apps and everything are great, but also you can still get distracted. So for 30 minutes, just 30 minutes, just for that challenge to say, from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., some of you might want to do in the middle of the night, that's fine, but there'll be a sign-up sheet on the side, and Erin will be sending out email links and all sorts of stuff. But it is literally to just readdress that challenge of we need to get back to that discipline of prayer. Why is it so hard for us to stop and rest and pray? And there are all different types of prayer, aren't there? There are some real intercessory, lively, breakthrough prayers. There are some silence. There are some just waiting on God. There are some through praise and through all the adoration of God. And sometimes it might be that you have no words and you literally just need to sit. But to get in that regular pattern of discipline 
to push through to that delight. You know, we have got an incredible God who just adores us. So over the last few weeks, we've had Meshach come with that incredible, powerful introduction to what it is, that miraculous God. Jordan carried that on last week with that Pentecostal power that we have in prayer. And today, between me and Ronnie, we're just going to share a few thoughts on how that Pentecostal Holy Spirit fire can really work and support, not just in what we're doing, but who we are to know that in our everyday life, we can pray through pain with Pentecostal power. Pray through pain with Pentecostal power. Because I don't know about you, but just becoming a Christian does not mean that you have that ticket to Easy Street. Does it? Oh, everything's fine now. It is all good. Because we shared, even just yesterday, on different people's stories and where things were up to, horrendous things going on in each of our lives that, like, literally, you just think that should not happen to anybody. But God with us gives us that hope of the fact that we have Pentecostal power, the same gods that we have been learning about. And I'm just kind of... a couldn't help but just think oh my word what a couple of months the disciples had (laughs) have you ever thought about that was it just me that my brain goes off at all these like crazy tangents I was looking back at what they had been through on this journey of faith with Jesus when you think they had that triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and everything's like wow it's all good very quickly into that being robbed from them with Good Friday and Jesus hanging on that cross and dying and the whole way. Can you imagine how that must have messed your head up about what on earth is this faith thing all about? Because Jesus has just died and he's the one I'm like hanging all my faith on. To then have that incredible thing again of the resurrection. And all that time from Easter Sunday to Pentecost, 50 days, which is why it's called Pentecost, the 50 days of Jesus revealing himself in his, uh, before he was ascended to heaven, having time with people, with the disciples, and them thinking, this is great, is back, is back. And he's there in front of them. And then in Acts 1, I just want to remind us of what actually happened. So they were gathered around Jesus and they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Because obviously, like you're thinking, come on, that's what the whole Palm Sunday was about. That whole triumphant entry, that whole you're going to do it my way kind of expectation. And he said to them, it's not for you to know times or dates that the Father has in his own authority. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth to speak Jesus. After he'd said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. And a cloud hid him from their sight. 
And they were looking intently into the sky as he was going. And suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand there looking into the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you to heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. Why do you stand looking into the sky? I've just really been mulling over this verse. There's so much amazing stuff in Acts. Really encourage you to just keep reading this. Don't just wait for Pentecost to read this. This is, this is our God, the encounter God that Cookie mentioned earlier, that just has the same yesterday, today and forever, the same God. And yet there they were thinking, Jesus is back with me now. I've been through these ups and downs. I've been through this incredible roller coaster of emotions over the last few weeks. And he's here with me again. I thought I'd lost him, but he's here with me again. And then right before their eyes, he ascended into heaven. Where have you gone, Jesus? Where have you gone? Have you ever felt that in life that sometimes you think, gosh, I'm so close to God. And then other times you literally stood there going, where are you? Where are you, Jesus? And I think the same challenge is for us today. Why are you stood looking at the sky? Why are you stood wanting it to be how it was? Why are you thinking that you are going to be exempt from all the trouble in the world when actually the very way you can interpret Jesus is by walking through the same pain as everybody else? We have an incredible God. We have a healing God. But we also have a God who makes himself very real into the world today through us There's one great thing that is a promise, that in this world there will be trouble. But take heart, because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So the same Pentecostal power of God can help us walk through our pain to know that God, if what I am going through right now is going to, Just help me translate and speak Jesus to somebody else that is walking through this pain. Then God, help me get off my eyes as to God, where have you gone? Because I don't know about you, but actually my circumstances in life very rarely uh, dictate what's going on faith-wise. Sometimes they have been absolutely like rock bottom. And really there's not a lot of stuff that I can pinpoint as to why I feel so distant from God. And then other times, everything around me has been crashing around and it should be the time when I am the weakest. But my faith has been so strong that I have literally felt carried through the flames and I am just like, Jesus, whatever you want, God, wherever you want to leave me, wherever you want to lead me, God, I will go. 
wherever you want. You know, I'm just praying for one of my friends who, uh, Dave, who leads Grace Church, who's just been having some major surgery for his cancers. And do you know what? We are praying as well. And an incredible guy of faith, not just that he is healed, but that the people he meets along this journey in the hospitals, in his appointments, in the places that he goes, will witness that incredible sense of peace that he has, that Jesus has got him. So join with me and continue to pray for him. But there will be every one of us in here who have stories of our friends and family that are going through stuff. Oh Lord, may we speak Jesus to them. So I've asked Ronnie to just come and share some of uh, a few minutes just on her story of how she has gone through times of trial. But oh my word, that God that meets us in our place of pain. And one of the things I always remember about Ronnie was we were having, and she was going through a really particularly difficult time. And I remember Divine was only a little baby in a car seat and she brought her out to one of the worship nights and was literally on her knees worshipping God with this little baby next to her, just saying, God, this is a really terrible situation but I am trusting you, I am praising you, and whatever you will happen, will happen with you. So let's just welcome Ronnie to the stage. Good morning. I'm going to set my alarm, so... Um, Because I can speak from now to tomorrow. So if you hear something go off, it's probably my, uh, my phone. Um, thank you for letting me speak. Uh, my name is Ronke, and many people call me Ronnie. I prefer to be called Ronnie, by the way, because everybody keeps asking me, should I call you Ronke or should I say Ronnie? Whichever is fine. Um, yeah, so uh, we all have stories, different stories, good stories, and some not very good stories. And um, I would start my story by telling you a little bit about me, then I'll go into a Bible passage that I absolutely love reading. I mean, it took me a long time before I understood the meaning, but I love reading it because it sounded very good to me. Um, So when I was born, shortly after I was born, my parents uh, separated. I was the third baby. They had a boy and a girl before me. But just when I was born, things didn't work out for them. I don't know why. I thought I I looked really good, even, you know. (laughs) But anyway, my dad took my brother and my sister uh, and moved to, no, he stayed where they were living, but my mom took me, I guess, because I was a baby. So she took me with her. Um, she gave me to her stepmom, by the way. Uh, so I grew up with this lovely granny. She was really good to me. I loved living with my granny, even, you know, as young as I was. Uh, when I was about four, was the first time I think I saw, four or five was when I saw my dad and I could, I knew I had a dad and I had a brother and a sister, but because they lived somewhere else, I've never really like seen them. So um, when I was about four or five, I can't remember exactly, uh, my dad came around and picked me to go spend Christmas with them. 
this was really, really Christmas because I was so happy. It was everything I wanted. You know, I've never spent time with them. So when I went, I begged my dad not to take me back to my, uh, back to where he picked me from. I wanted to live with him, you know, to be with my brother and sister so that we're like a happy little family. Um, he didn't. He said he would be back for me. And true to his word, the following, he took me back to my mom or my grandma. And the following year, he came back. He picked me for Christmas and he never returned me. Oh my God. That was Christmas because I was so happy. So he took me from, uh, how do I explain this? We do states. By the way, I'm from Nigeria, just in case you don't know. We do states and I'm from Ondo states. So my dad was living in a big city, Lagos, and my mom was living in their hometown, which is Ondo state. So say, for example, you're from Manchester and you lived in London, something like that. So, my dad took me from my state and took me to Lagos, the big city, and everything was perfect. I was so happy. I was content. Uh, we were a family. Everything was just, you know, my dad was a single dad. He had three children. He was looking after us. He didn't have anything. We were, you know, we were really poor. He didn't have much, but everything he had, he gave us. He worked really hard. He sacrificed everything. And, you know, I thought we were happy. Then when I was about, uh, I think I was about 10 or 11, one day my dad said, I will be back. I just want to travel back to, you know, the hometown. He never came back. He never came back. And... That was the beginning of what I term, you know, like um, confusion in my life. Because I was confused. I, I didn't get it. How can you love me so much that you broke every rule? You weren't supposed to take me from, you know, that place. You took me. You brought me here. And then you left me. You, you just left and it was really hard for me. And this Bible passage, Romans, the whole of Romans 8 is a delight to me. But I particularly love the 15 and 16. It says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. I'm reading the Passion Translation. Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough because that was how I felt. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. I didn't have that. And folding you into the family of God. I didn't feel like I have a family. And you will never feel orphaned. That's exactly how I felt. I was an orphan. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words, tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. I didn't feel like I was anyone's beloved child. And I was so confused. So as a child, you know, as, as a teenager, as a young adult, I just, I did life in my, you know, on my own terms. I didn't want any rule. So it was really, really tough for me as a young adult. And even, you know, till now. And the reason that I found that was because I kept blaming God you know, like if I couldn't relate to God fully as a father, I knew him. I mean, I was a Christian from a young age, but the way I carried him was, he's going to leave me very soon. 
just the way I've been left before. You know, when my mom took me, she didn't really want to look after me like you would want to look after your baby. And I'm a mother now, and I don't even want to part for zero days with, from my children. So I couldn't make sense of it. I couldn't understand how do you do that. Then one day God said to me, you know I'm not your dad. I am Abba. And that was the encounter Cookie was talking about. That was my encounter. God saying to me, I am not your dad. And he called him by name. He said, I'm not him. Stop judging me by what he has done. He is full of flaws. I am not. He is human. I am not. He is traumatized. I didn't know at that time. But I am not. You see, as people, we're all full of flaws. Even I today, sometimes I ask myself, you know, when I'm doing stuff with my children, I try to be very careful not to um, transfer some of my traumas to them. And you see, the, the, the thing that often spirit does to you is that it separates you from the love that God wants to give you. Because when you carry and often spirit, you're constantly questioning every affection that is shown to you. And God doesn't want that with us. God wants us to be all in. He wants a full relationship where you can come to him with your doubts, with your, your, your worst, your best. In fact, God doesn't want a relationship where you're doing you. There is no, I'm just doing me when it comes to God. We, we should all do God. We should do Jesus. And not just in church, not just, you know, when we are in our little gathering, you know, when we go out there. And because I didn't know how to accept wholeheartedly the love and the sacrifice of Jesus, even though it was right there, there was that separation for me. I was separated from God. And he had to come into my room when my heart is always beating, I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted more closeness with this God that I've received right from a young age. That's my alarm. <laughs> Can't believe it. Eight minutes gone. So I have two more minutes. So I knew I wanted that relationship with him. I wanted something deeper. I didn't know how to assess it. So it was my orphan spirit that was stopping me. What the orphan spirit was do, what it would do is that bridge. Never good enough. You know, I was always testing him. Will he say no? Will he say yes? Should I go? Should I come? But God is a loving father. He stepped right into my room, gave me that encounter and said to me, I am not him. I am Harbour. And all of us can have that heart where we can cry to God in our pain, in our struggle, even in our rejoicing, knowing that it is God who is the one who wants everything for us. See, I didn't look at my paper again. I did this last week in Orich. Um, there is a battle for our hearts. There is a real battle that is going on for 
our hearts because the heart is where if your heart is pure and you carry no guile, you carry no sorrow, you carry no sadness or pain, you will be able to you know, do the things that God wants you to do. But when there is pain and sadness and a barrier in your heart, when you're hot, that's where you feel it the most. And when your heart is blocked, there is like a barrier between you and God. And that is what God wants to break down. That's what he wants to do. That's what he did in Pentecost. And then he left us the Holy Spirit so that somebody is always speaking to you from the Father. And I hope my little story encourages you to hold on to God. Thank you for speaking. I'm going to ask Ronnie just to, to pray for us. Can, can we just stand? Because some of the things that she just shared there that have been um, an, an incredible breakthrough, that often we just feel that almost orphan spirit, don't we, where we just feel abandoned by God. We feel like we're looking up at the sky and they're saying, why are you looking up at the sky, church? Because the Holy Spirit is with you. God is with you. So I'm just going to ask Ronnie to pray over us that for those that maybe are just struggling, maybe there's a hold of bitterness, maybe that's even against people within the church, maybe it's with family members, but that God would just give you, as we worship again now, that incredible breakthrough moment where you can have that encounter yourself with Abba, Father, because it's okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your touching hearts right now. We thank you for every open heart here calling you Jesus. Father, we pray into the painful places, places that no one else can see but you and the one who holds the pain. God, we speak your name into difficult situations. We speak your name into pains and and hurts and sickness and disease. Father, we thank you for you have already won the victory. You have already finished this work on the cross. We thank you for healing. We thank you for moving us from a place of pain to a place of prosperity. We know that you love us beyond words we know that you love us in a way that we can never ever comprehend or imagine father may we accept your love today may we live in fullness of all that you have done for us thank you Abba father in Jesus glorious name we pray amen amen Amen. thank you Ronnie